Well, I missed you last week. I'm telling you, it was the most amazing moment in my life to just sit home Saturday night. It was like at 6 o'clock I knew something was wrong. Something was missing inside of me. And then to wake up Sunday morning and not be here was so difficult. And uh, the fires that were here last week, it was really a, a stressful time. I know that some of the families lost their homes. And some of them lost part of their homes. Third Friday, we had third Friday last, about midway through the evening, actually very at the beginning, I was in the back and, and walking in the hallway. And one of the gentlemen came up to me and said, um, I want to thank you. I said, yes, for what? And he said, well, for just helping our family. Pastor Bill told me uh, that when, when we heard that, that some of the families had lost their homes, we made a call and 15 minutes, 15 minutes Enough people responded that we were able to feed the families who had lost some, uh, maybe their home or part of their home and they couldn't function for a while. And there were people that, that just donated food for that particular day and would deliver it to their families so that they would have something to eat and wouldn't have to, that, that would be something that they wouldn't have to worry about. And so he thanked me and I, I didn't even know that we did it, you know, typically of me, you know. And uh, so I told him, you don't need to thank me, you can just thank the, the Lord to the people of this church, maybe some of you have donated. Maybe some of you have helped. I don't know. I don't really want to know. But then he said to me this. He said, um, I remember when I was when I was told I had to evacuate the, my, my home. I, I called Kay. She wasn't at the house. And I said, what do I take? What do you want? What, what We might lose our house because the, 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 the fires were just roaring, right? It seemed like they were only a few blocks away. <coughs> And she said, ah, just come on out. Take yourself. Let's get safe. And, and there are a couple pictures that she bought me that I kind of treasured. So I took a couple pictures and, and, um, and some paperwork. And, and so as I was rushing to get out of that area and I was driving down the street and as I got towards the freeway and I, I got on the freeway coming when I was rushing to go away and running away from the trouble, coming towards me were six just enormous fire trucks. And they were going right towards the fire. You know, they were going right there to uh, save our homes. And um, so this gentleman in the hallway said to me, when, when he got to his home, part of it was missing. You know, it was burnt, but not all. And when he opened up his garage and he looked through some things, he opened up the refrigerator. And in the refrigerator was two $5 bills. And uh, a note from one of the firemen saying, we got thirsty and we took some of your water. So he paid them for the water that they took. He said that wasn't all. He said, went upstairs and I was trying to look through everything. And finally when he says, you know, I looked through everything and I wanted to get something to eat, I opened up the refrigerator. And there was another note. from Perhaps the same fireman, I don't know, maybe a different one, but it said, Please excuse the mess that we made. But we refuse to lose your home. I thought, wow, what a great and kind thing to do. Not only save a home, not only try to save our lives, but just the kindness. And so I think about you as a church, and I think about all that we do. And, you know, it just is, it's moments like that that make us wonder, I mean, realize what we live for. What is the purpose of our lives? Why live a godly life? Why attempt to walk in righteousness 
And it's for that reason alone. It's for doing kindness to others. Uh, anonymously, really. Uh, there was no name left on that note from the fireman. It was just money for taking some of the water. And it was kind, I thought. And I'm sure you do as well. Well, let's do what we do, hopefully the best here at this church. Let's open up our Bibles. And let's turn to Joshua, the seventh chapter. And let's see how we can stop the madness that is going on in this world in which we live and maybe in our own lives and we can begin to live a life that really exemplifies walking in righteousness and and being someone who truly wants to walk with his Lord or her Lord. What we saw from the Word of God the last time we got together a couple weeks ago was a very, very shuddering thought. To think that just one person can affect so many, whether it be within a church, whether it be within a business, whether it be within a family, whether it be within our own lives, to think that one sin from one person can affect so many people. But nonetheless, we were taught that through the life of Achan, as we saw in Joshua chapter 7. But we were reminded in Hebrews chapter 12 where it says, See to it that no one person, that is not one person, comes short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up causing trouble. By it, by that one sin, by that one person that springs up and causes trouble, it says many will be defiled. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 18, tells us much the same. It says, Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner, it says, destroys much good. And so I was thinking about this whole process. To think that God is this serious about our walk with Him, it's chilling, to be honest with you. It ought to give us reason to to try to walk in righteousness with our God for the sake of our families, for the sake of our church, for the sake of our children, for the sake of our marriages. A life lived without sin is God's purpose for you and for me. However, God does not make it impossible for you and me to sin. We learned from Paul himself Paul says, I know the right thing to do. I I, I know it. On one hand, I want to do the right thing, but on the other, I do exactly what I don't want to do. And then he makes this exclamation. You remember in the book of Romans? He says, wretched person, wretched man that I am, who is going to set me free? Who is going to set me free? And then he says, thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, he has that victory. God does not make it impossible for you and me to sin. We all have choices we must make. He does, though. God does always make it possible for us not to sin. Defeat might come to your life and my life. It might come to every single one of us. But it doesn't have to linger. Today we live in the day of grace. 
Today we live in a time when if, if we do and when we do sin, we have the ability to immediately say, God, forgive me. We have the ability to immediately go to 1 John 1, 9, for instance. If we confess our sin, He will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we have choices. We can walk with Him in righteousness. And the truth is that you and I have been blessed. We have been blessed just like the people that we are studying in the book of Joshua. They were blessed with spiritual, well, actually physical blessings. They were given the land. They crossed the Jordan River, and they were given the land. But the land had to be taken by them through a battle. There had to be a battle so that they could conquer the land. The same thing is true with you and me. We have been, it says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessings. But we have to take them. How many of us experience these blessings? How many of the blessings that you and I enjoy today, how many of them are really ours? How many of them have we taken into our lives and just lived fully in the blessings of God? We've been given the title to these blessings for sure. We have the right to walk and to live in the power of God. Ephesians tells us that. But when Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, it kind of parallels this, the book of Joshua. And Paul says that you and I have to fight like the children who crossed the Jordan and went into the promised land. We have to fight and win victory to obtain the blessings that God wants to give to us. Think of the many Christians, maybe even you, I don't know, who are blessed with every spiritual blessings, and yet we are living a life as, as paupers, spiritual paupers. We don't have all the blessings that God has in, intended to us. He has made His blessings available. He has made His power available to you and me. But if we are to obtain them, there are battles that must be fought and there are victories that must be won, just like in the book of Joshua. In fact, Paul, when he closes the great book of Ephesians, he says to you and me, this is your call. He says, I want you to, you'll know it the minute I start, I want you to put on what? The whole armor of God. The reason he says that is because he recognizes fully that you and I are in a spiritual battle so that we can obtain the blessings, the power, and the victory that are rightfully ours. Now, I, I decided to look at just one verse. We're going to read two verses this morning. But there is one verse in this chapter, verse 21, that could be preached on by someone who is really gifted for weeks. It is filled with so much truth. As a matter of fact, um, when I studied this like now two weeks ago and was ready to give the message last week, for some reason this message came to me 
kind of fast. It, it kind of just, it, I could hardly keep up with writing it. It was one of those things. Anyone who, who teaches, you'll know what I'm saying. It, it just so much comes in that you can't write it fast. Now, slow down, Lord, slow down. I want to get every thought. And it came to me that I thought, well, I'm going to do something that is unprecedented. I'm going to, I'm going to preach on this one verse from two different angles because I got through so fast that I, I started studying more about it, and there was so much. Uh, I don't know that I'll do that to you because um, I get uh, the rumor is I go slow enough. <laughs> but um, I want to take a look at these two verses, and I want you to see where Achan's problem was. What I want you and me to understand is how we don't have to fall into the same trap that Achan fell into. Read with me, please, in Joshua chapter 7, verses 20 and 21. Now, we've read the whole chapter before. And so I just want to concentrate on these two verses. It says in verse 20, So Achan answered Joshua, and he said, Truly, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight, I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath it. Achan disobeyed and took the hazarded step that led to sin and ultimately to death. He confessed in this verse 21, I saw it, I coveted it, and I took it. Before we pray, Look with me at one place, James. Find James chapter 1, verses 13, 14, and 15. And then we're going to go to, to the Lord in prayer. And we're going to talk about this one verse. These three things. Seeing, coveting, and taking. In James chapter 1, verses 13, 14, 15, we are reminded by this. It says in verse 13, Let no one say that when they are tempted... I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and He Himself does not tempt anyone. But, it says in verse 14, each of us is tempted when we are carried away and enticed by our own lusts. And when lust has been conceived, it gives birth to sin And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. There is nothing more lonely than for you and me to walk with Jesus Christ and to know Him as our Lord and Savior and then to have some sin in our life that we know is there that keeps us separated from the power and the glory of our God. It brings forth spiritual death. You do not have, at that moment in time, all the blessings that God wants to bless you with. And what I want from you and from me is that we not walk like that anymore. Now, I'm not here to say that you and I will not probably sin again. I'm not foolish 
Paul understood that he sinned. What I'm saying to you is when we are convicted by our sin, that we are to confess it immediately so that we can walk in His righteousness all the days of our life. And we do not put off asking God for His forgiveness. So let's pray. Dear Father, my heart goes out, as you well know, Lord, for Achan. I, I, uh, I relate more to Achan than I do to some of the great saints in the Bible. I understand, Father, the, the temptations that come to sin. All of us do. And so my heart goes out to Achan. I pray that, Father, when he, when he looked at Joshua and he said very, very clearly and very forthrightly, this is what I did, I pray that that was his confession to you, Father, his uh, telling you that he had sinned and that you would then in your grace and your mercy forgive. Pray for each of us, Father, that we would live a life and learn a great, great, great lesson from this man called Achan. His sin caused 36 of his fellow Jewish contemporaries, their lives. His sin caused the death to himself and his family. Thank you that we do not live In those days, Father, thank you that we are in the day of grace. But also, Father, forgive us when we sin openly against you and do not walk in your righteousness and be people, Father, people who love you and cherish the blessings that you pour out upon us day by day, moment by moment. May we be content, dear Father, with what you give us at your wonderful and most perfect timing. As you have written to us, Father, in what we call First Peter, may we, Father, humble ourselves under your mighty hand so that you might exalt us, Father, at the proper time. Let us trust in you, I pray. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. It says is that our lusts, when it is conceived, will give birth to sin. And it says when sin is accomplished, it will bring forth death. That's James 1.15. Eve and Adam experienced the same thing way back in the garden. In fact, I would love for you to turn to Genesis chapter one, 3. Excuse me. Genesis chapter 3. It's a great story. I, I have used this place in Scripture to talk about marriage and about the very essence of marriage. But it also talks about what is going through here in the life of Achan. Because Eve saw, she then coveted, and then she took what God said she should not take. It's really interesting in the book of Genesis in the third chapter in the first verse. Satan does what he'll always do, and that is to try to, to dig against and to go against the very integrity of the Word of God. Watch how he opens up this statement. God had told Adam, 
From all of the trees in this garden, you may freely eat. Enjoy. Go ahead, Adam. Enjoy them all. The tree that's in the middle of the garden, Adam, I don't want you to eat of that. For in the day that you eat of this tree, Adam, you will, what? You will surely die. Now, he didn't die. He spiritually died. He didn't die physically. He died spiritually. And we'll see how. So after that command by God to Adam and to Eve, it says in verse 1 of chapter 3, great, great place in Scripture, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, with that statement, he is now going against the integrity of the Word of God. Indeed, has God said that you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And she said to him in verse 2, Oh, no, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it nor touch it. Now, he didn't tell Adam they couldn't touch it. I bet Adam said, don't even touch it, lest you die. And so the serpent now does not go against the integrity of the Word of God. He goes against the Word of God fully. He says in verse 4, he said to the woman, you shall surely not die. God's lying to you. He says in verse 5, God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes are going to be open. You're going to be like God. You're going to know the difference between good and evil. You'll be able to make your own decision. God's keeping something from you, Eve. He doesn't want you to enjoy the fullness of your life. He's, He's telling you what you ought to do. Come on, you're a grown woman. Make your own decisions. God's trying to keep from you something And he knows if you know, you're going to be like him. Well, look what she did. In verse 6, the woman saw. She saw that the tree was good for food. And that it was a delight to her eyes. That was, after looking at it, she now coveted it. It was going to be a delight that it was desirable to make her wise. And so she saw, she coveted, and she took from its fruit and she ate. And she gave some to her husband and he also ate. I ask you, that one act of sin, how many people did it affect? A couple? (laughs) All of us. That one sin, bless her heart, has affected the world. We all have been penalized from that. That's why Jesus Christ came and gave us His life, shed His blood, so that we might get out from under that sin. For one sin harmed many. We could go into many places. One of my favorite places, because it's so practical, is King David in Second Samuel. King David should have been with his army. He should have been fighting against the enemy. It was a time the kings were off to war. He stayed back and he was looking over his, his, his countryside, looking over all that he saw. And he was on the roof of his home. And he looked and he said, I'll be doggone. <laughs> Is that someone bare naked over there? He looked, 
He saw Bathsheba. He coveted her. And he sent for his men to take her for himself. And through that sin that King David did, it affected the lives of many people. Since Achan saw and coveted, go back to please Joshua chapter 7. And he took the things that were not his to have. He brought defeat to Israel and death to himself and to his family. Remember what we read in James 1.15. When lust is conceived, it will give birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it will bring forth death. And so we need to learn. First mistake. Verse 21 of, Act, of, of, of Joshua chapter 7. First mistake was he, was to, he looked at the treasure, he coveted the treasures, and he took them. I'll tell you how seriously Jesus Christ is against you and I doing something that we ought not to do. He makes one of the most amazing statements. It's in Matthew chapter 5. If you can turn there quickly, you'll, you can read it with me. Matthew chapter 5, verses 29 and 30. Listen to what Jesus Christ says concerning something that we might see, might take, and might, I mean, excuse me, might see, might covet, and might take. Jesus says in verse 29 of Matthew chapter 5, If your right eye makes you stumble, then tear it out. Throw it away from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Verse 30, if your right hand makes you stumble, then cut it off and throw it away. For it's better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Jesus Christ makes a very strong statement concerning our looking, our coveting, and our taking. So what are we to do so that we will not take this path How can we learn from Achan? Let's refresh our thoughts. Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. I told you we'd come back to this chapter over and over again. I told you we'd come back to these verses over and over again. Let's refresh our thoughts and let's refresh our memory to the lesson that God gave to Moses and to Joshua, but more importantly, to you and me. God says to Joshua, Only, verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. This is Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. How? Here's how. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, he says to Joshua, neither to the right nor to the left, so that you might have success wherever you go. He says in verse 8, This book of the law, our Bibles, it shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have success. Listen, church, if you and I were to keep the Word of God before our eyes, before our thoughts, before our hearts, in our minds... We won't start looking in the wrong direction, either to the right nor to the left, and to do do the things that we ought not to do. 
That is why a church is commanded to teach the Word of God. That's why the apostles said that the church must be founded upon the teaching of the apostles, the Word of God. Because it is the Word of God that will keep you and me from sin and will keep us on the right path, straight and correct path towards God. Let me read to you out of Proverbs. If you want to turn there quickly, you can. Proverbs chapter 4. But let me read. My son, it says, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying, the Bible says. Do not let my words depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they are life to those who find them and health to all their bodies. Watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. In other words, not to the right nor to the left. Fix, as it says in Hebrews, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your and my faith. How many warnings does God have to give you and me to assure us that He is very serious about our walk with Him First mistake, Joshua saw, he coveted, and then he took. His second mistake is that he called the treasure. Look back, please, at verse 21 of chapter 7 of Joshua. He says, I saw among the spoil. Oh, really? The spoil? You know what the word spoil means? The spoil means uh, a plunder. I saw amongst that stuff that was ours, I saw they were clearly not spoiled. Look back at chapter 6. Look, look at what Joshua told the people when they went in into Jericho to take the city. He says in verse 17, look, the city shall be under a ban. The ban means a formal forbidding. A formal forbidding. There is a ban upon this city. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Look at verse 19. It says, but all the silver, all the gold, all the articles of the bronze and iron are holy unto the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 24, they burnt the city with fire and all that was in it, only the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron, they were put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. So Achan's second mistake was to call what was God, not God's. I want something very important for you and me to learn for this. When God identifies something, when God identifies anything, no matter what it is, in a special way, you and I have no right to change it. What God calls it, so it is. That's why we need to know the Word of God. Look with me, please, at Revelation chapter 22. We are living in a day, I'm going to quote you a verse out of Isaiah, but look at Revelation 22, last book in your Bible. But I want to quote you out of Isaiah. We are living in this time. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 tells us this, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. 
Woe to those who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Listen, we're living in a day today when, the, when our society is trying to change the way of life. They're trying to change the very essence of who God is. They're trying to take God out of everything. And we are now in a society where people telling us that what used to be good is not good anymore. And what used to be bad, as far as you call it bad, it is now good. That's the way we are living today. That's the society we are living under today. And listen, if God says something is right, it's right. If He says it's wrong, it's wrong. If he says something is good, it is good. If he says it's bad, it's bad. If he says yes to this and no to that, it is always yes to this and no to that. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he will not change. And so if God says it, end of the debate. We have no right to change God's laws. In Revelation chapter 22... Whenever I have any um, people of, of different cults who come to my door, I usually will take them here. Um, especially when they have another a book to read from that has a, another revelation about God. I say, you have no right to give anyone this book and say it's from God. And so I take them to Revelation 22, verse 18, and it says, I testify God is speaking to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these prophecies, God will add to them the plagues which are written in this book. Verse 19, And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. God is very serious about his word. He doesn't give you and me the right to change it. He is very serious about it. Now, I've, I've had them say to me, oh, yeah, but he's just talking about this book, just talking about the book of Revelation. He's not talking about the whole book or other books. And I uh, asked him a question. I said, okay, theologian, tell me, the book of Revelation, what time period does it cover? I'll tell you when it covers. It covers from the beginning to the very end, to hell itself. That's enough. That's, that's what it covers. That's enough time for me. I'll work under that time frame. You can work if you so desire under yours. But I'm going to say yes to God and no to what you're offering. And I said to them normally, you would be very wise to say no to what you're offering as well. Christian, I want to ask you, I want to tell you, each one of us would be wise to listen to the Word of God and not stray either to the right nor to the left. You know, Achan should have been singing praises to his God for the great victory that God gave them in Jericho. Instead, Achan was thinking in his heart, what, what would it be like to own all of this treasure? When in fact, he didn't need to covet anything. He was blessed just like you and I are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And God will give you what you need if you humble yourself under His mighty hand, He will give you whatever you need at the proper time. He wants to bless you more than you know. He wants you and me to walk under these blessings and to remove sin from us so that we can walk in His righteousness and receive all the spiritual blessings 
that belong to us. Let me show you how to defeat this foe. It's simple. We looked at it before. Look at Romans chapter 6, please. Hold your place here in Joshua. Look at Romans chapter 6, please. Within your imagination and my imagination is what is called the womb where desire is conceived and from which, as we learned out of James chapter 1, verse 15, where sin and death are born. And how do we defeat this foe? It's as simple and as difficult as this. It is simply by choice. All of faith, all of Christendom is built upon that one trait, faith, choices that you make. You choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you choose not to. It's your choice. Nobody can make you and by the grace of God, nobody can stop you. But it's a choice. And so Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, verse 12, Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you might obey its lusts. How? He says, well, don't go on, verse 13, presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Now, here's the choice. Rather, he says, present yourselves to God. That is a choice that you and I make. Present ourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. It's a choice. You and I make choices to follow the Word of God or not. That fireman could have taken that water and not left any money. No one would have been any the wiser. But his conscience wouldn't let him, I take it. Third mistake, Joshua chapter 7, verse 21. Probably the most grievous. Achan's third mistake was to think that he could get away with his sin by simply hiding the treasure. Look what it says in verse 21 again. He says, I saw the spoil, which it wasn't a spoil, it was a ban. He wasn't supposed to touch it, but he changed it. It's a beautiful manor from Shinar, 200 shekels of silver. It doesn't matter how much it was. It doesn't matter if it was a penny. It wasn't his. And so he said at the end of verse 21, I concealed them in the earth inside my tent. Concealed them. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, remember when they ate of the fruit and all of a sudden they recognized first and foremost, oh my gosh, I'm as naked as a I've been running around like this all the time. I'm naked here. Let's sew some fig leaves together. I'm going to cover myself. And then they heard the Lord of the God, Lord their God, walking in the cool of the night. And they went and they hid. They went and hid amongst the trees. I hope he doesn't see us. And he yells out, "Where are you?" And I said, "Well, we're hiding because we're naked." You know what he asked them? Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from that tree that's in the middle of the garden? They tried to hide. Don't be naive, people. Don't be naive. Numbers 32, 23 says, Be sure your sin will find you out. That was written... Not to lost people. That was written to the people of Israel. 
Proverbs 15.3, a young lady came in last night and told me, there's a good verse for you too. And I looked it up, and sure enough, she, it says, the eyes of the Lord is in every place, watching the evil and the good. But, but Hebrews 4.13 really says it strong. It says, there is no creature that is hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom you and I have to do, with whom we have to deal with. How foolish of Achan. How foolish of any of us to think that God cannot see what we are doing when all things are laid bare and open to his eyes. Have you ever heard anyone say, listen, you Christians, leave me alone. What I do in the privacy of my own bedroom is my business. That's true. That's true. Go on. But do you know that God is watching? He sees everything. You see, Achan's sin was even more absurd when you stop to realize that God, all that God has done for him, and yours and my sin is even more absurd when God has given us so many blessings and we stop the blessings by sinning. God cared for Achan and his family. He fed them. He brought them safely across the Jordan River. He gave them the promised land. God went to the cross for you and me. He died for our sin. He has given us freedom and eternal life. The Lord had accepted Achan as a son of the covenant through circumcision. That was the sign. He has accepted you and me as children of His through salvation, through the acceptance of what His Son did on the cross when He shed His blood for us. All we need to do is by faith believe and trust in Him. Yet in spite of all that God had given Achan, not to mention that all that He has given to you and me, nonetheless, Achan disobeyed God just for some Things, things, things for crying out loud. We are warned, probably the most powerful verse in Scripture itself is in Matthew 6.33. It says, seek first, what? The kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then what? All these things, the things They'll be added unto you. The greatest gift in the world is yours at your hand. The the key to it is 1 Peter. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt you at the proper time. We see things. We covet them. And then we take them. And so we lose a blessing. I want to leave you with this thought. For a healthy walk with Jesus Christ, I want to ask you this one question. Is that statement in Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God, seek first His righteousness, and all of these things then will be added to you, if that's true to you or not, is the key to the rest of your life. What you truly think of God's promises 
if He will truly give you all these things will make a difference in how you and I choose, choose to walk with Him. It's always a matter of choice. Let's learn from Achan. When we see and we desire, let's not look there. Let's direct our eyes towards God. Let's look straight ahead at Him. Secondly, let's not change what God says. When God says it's sin, it's sin. And thirdly, thirdly, let's not make a mistake that think that He doesn't see us. He does. He sees everything we do. And in spite of that, He loves us to death. Doesn't that amaze you? It does me. It does me. Sometimes I get so doggone embarrassed. And so I say to the Lord, forgive me, Father, I have sinned. I relate to Achan much more than I do to Paul. Sorry. That's a tremendous confession I just made to you. I hope Achan's all right. I really do. Because innately, I think he's, you and I are more like Achan than we are like saints. But by the grace of God, we can become great, great people. We don't have to sin. And when we do, if we confess our sins, He'll be faithful. He'll be just to forgive you, cleanse you from everything. Let's walk in righteousness. I don't know about you, but I told you I thought verse 21 is powerful. I do. I just think it's a power-packed verse. I hope it ministered to your heart as much as it does to mine. Father, I, uh, I pray that what we just studied will really minister to each of us. We all have choices to make, Father. What a privilege it will be, Father, to have a church that walks uprightly with you. What a privilege it will be, Father, to have a church that wants to walk in righteousness from our young people who will be going to winter camp to those who are kind of more in the middle part of the church to those who are the oldest of us that each of us will walk in the integrity of who you are, in your righteousness. You've given us a great lesson through Achan. I pray that we'll learn it well. Now, Father, bless us as we go from here. And, Father, would you, would you remind the people how much I love them, please? I thank you for every person of this church. I love them so much, Father. Last Saturday and Sunday were very, very difficult. For me, I so wanted to be at church. And so thank you for this Saturday and this Sunday that we can gather together and worship your holy and righteous name. May we walk in your integrity, I pray, dear Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, I do love you more than you'll ever know. Have a great, great day. I'll see you next week.